0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly. But you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary
2: Bell. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is a show we're going to do on adoption. Uh, you know, adoption is very complicated matter. I know it's, it sounds so romantic to adopt a child and, and uh, take on that. And it's a very noble thing, but it's also a very hard thing. And so, you know, looking at this topic, you know, you have to look at the challenges that, that take place. And I'm not trying to create a show to uh, basically say don't adopt because that is exactly not the case. It's how to adopt and what to expect. And so that, that is a huge factor in this process. And it is a very long process uh, for many people. You know under uh, don't you don 't want to be under any kind of delusions there's hundreds of things to think of and a few a few hundred more beyond that first of all it 's a legal process which establishes basically a family relationship between an adopted child and adoptive parents there 's financial challenges which the aspects of adoption will depend on the agency which you use to process. If you choose to provide, uh, a, do a private adoption agency, you may have to pay more in terms of adoption fee, other expenses uh, compared to the public agencies in your state or your country, and so you gotta prepare to pay more if you're adopting a child who is a foreign national. Your your financial expenses can increase if you're paying for the expenses of a birth mother's uh, hospital or medical bills. Your actual expenses will depend on your specific situation. And you also have to pay the fees for the attorney and in, in other any other miscellaneous expenses you may incur during the process. So you also have to look at the legal challenges that are involved. It's extremely important that you know... And understand that that all the legalities pertaining to child adoption in your country are very, very precise to the country. Every country has different rules. So you want to make sure that both p- birth parents know how the adoption, either opened or closed, if the birth mother has agreed to give her child up for adoption without consulting the birth father, who hasn't uh, yet relinquished their rights, and you may experience a lot of legal hassles. There's also this uh, inter-country adoption, which you face different problems coming under a legal preview from the home country as well as the country of the adoption. And you may need to know about the specific visa requirements which uh, the laws uh, allow you. There's international adoptions, for instance. Citizens of the USA at present are not permitted to adopt from certain countries like Fiji, uh, Senegal, Rwanda, and a few others, there's also health challenges. You know, health challenges are very, very uh, concerning in the adoption process. In closed adoptions, it may not be possible to get all the information on the child's health history. Even if it's an open adoption, the birth father may be absent, and and access to the child's complete medical history may become very difficult. And, and this later. Could cause problems in the in the proper care of the child, you know. And as an adoptive parent, you may not be able to assess or assess uh, assess financial aspects of the child's health care. And this may also be true for international adoptions, where you may not get the complete picture of the child's health. So this issue can bring many many challenges, uh, from medical care to health problems. You know, uh, adoption may not be covered by your insurance. Uh, Perhaps due to your job or working situation, you may not have the time to care for the child who requires constant medical attention or even the money to hire a nurse for the child's home care. So, you know, there's so many things that you've got to factor into this process. And and, uh, so, you know, the child may come with developmental delays. A birth mother may have been drinking or taking drugs during their pregnancy, which could affect the baby. Other concerns uh, may be neglect. Uh, The child suffered during uh, the time in the womb. Uh, Maybe the poor health or the poor diet of of the uh, person you're adopting from. Emotional challenges of adoption. You know, adoption presents many things, many emotional challenges. And uh, the adopted child may not be able to adjust with your family and vice versa. And this can often happen when you adopt an older child. You you may realize that you're not able to handle the unique parenting challenges of an adopted child. And and, and in the case of closed adoptions, and we'll talk about open-closed and semi-open adoptions, we're going to talk about all those kinds. But the deal is, uh, the birth mother and birth parents have no contact with the child or the adopted family, and and that's a closed adoption, and this may may be very emotional for them. The same can be present for uh, the challenges for the child, because as they grow older, they become curious about the birth parents and the sense of identity, and it can be very challenging for the adopted children to have no access or idea uh, 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 about their lives or about their parents. And such of these problems can affect the whole family. First, the child may be in distress, may be saddened, And it may sadden the whole family. Secondly, these identity issues can manifest in psychological problems such as depression, eating orders, low self-esteem, and others. Also, the child may often wonder about the reasons their birth parents gave them away for adoption. Not knowing the answers to this alone can be very emotional for a child. So open adoption can also have challenges. Because, you know, we were talking about closed adoptions. But this open adoption process, uh, the child may feel torn between two sets of parents. Um, More so, uh, if the birth parents try to uh, excessively bond with the child, they may begin to think that giving the child for adoption was a mistake uh, because they want to still have a relationship with their their biological parents. Also, there's cultural challenges in adoption. If your adopted child is from a different cultural background to your own, uh, this often is seen in international adoptions where the birth children may find it difficult to adjust adjust to the adopted uh, child's ethnicity, and background in the culture that they're in. So if you bring them, let's say, to here the United States and they come from India or somewhere else, the child may be fine living where we're at but here in the United States, but the problem is the child may not be received uh, as a normal child just because of adoption or just because of culture. There's also ethical challenges in adoption. Uh, the adoption agency may have violated the rights of the birth parents. The adoption agency may decide to hide critical background or health issues. International adoption, the child may have been a victim of trafficking. And uh, also, adoptive parents may choose to hide information about the birth parents from the child. So, it helps to understand more about adoption challenges that the adoption parents had to pass through. So, once you know what potential problems you face, In the process, you can better prepare yourself for adoption. So, you know, it's a challenge, open and closed. So let's look at them, open and closed adoption. Uh, A complete open adoption occurs when you can directly get in touch with the biological parents. The birth parents, they can maintain contact through your adopted child's life. And you can also allow your adopted child to know more about the birth parents. Now, on the other hand, if you look at a closed adoption, you do not possess the right to establish a connection with the biological parents. Neither do the birth parents have a right to get involved in the child's life. So in both open and closed adoption, you can choose to conduct the entire adoption process through an agency or within the family. As the adoptive parent, when the external agency conducts a legal procedure, they can also seek requisite assistance from the lawyer and, and medical professionals. So now what are the rights of birth parents? In an open adoption The birth parents possess the right to keep a contact with their biologically adopted child and offer requisite guidance. In a closed adoption, this assures privacy an adopted child does not know who their birth parents are. So the birth parents do not possess the right in a closed adoption to get in touch with either their child or the adoptive parents. So here are some rights of adoptive parents. In an open adoption, you may have increased empathy with the birth parents, and you can allow your child to meet the biological parents physically. In a closed adoption, you do not have to face the parental interference, and you can bring up the child your way. So here's the merits of open adoption. In him, you have a lot of uh, option choices. Uh, Many experts say that uh, biological parents can easily renege on the adoption decision as they can keep contact with their offspring and that's from an open adoption. Also this creates a larger family. The open adoption procedure helps create an extended family circle where the child gets love from both sets of parents and that can be very helpful. Also, in an open adoption, your adopted child never gets offended by the fact that their birth parents did neglect or leave them. Both parents always occupy a small part of the child's life and they never feel unwanted. So that's, that's the uh, adoption of uh, open adoption process. Now in the closed adoption process, and, and here are some of the reasons for closed adoption, is the, uh, it's easier. It's so much easier for biological parents. The decision to give away the child for adoption haunts the emotional state of biological parents, especially the mother. But in closed adoption, parents do not have to face the child and the question and feel guilty. Also, there's fewer chances of conflicts between both sets of parents because obviously they can't talk to each other. So, you know, when you're choosing between an open adoption and a closed adoption, for most couples... The process of adoption for the very first time can be very nerve-wracking. Open versus closed take different paths in raising your child. And so it's a discussion that you always want to have. You want to factor in when you're choosing between these two is the age of the adopted child, the preference of both birth and adoptive parents, And also the geographical location of both sets of parents. Because this can be a problem. I mean, if you've got to travel, there's obligations, there's communication. We're in a day and age of of, uh, electronic communication all over the place. So these parents have access to your child in all kinds of different ways. You can also opt... There is an, uh, an option for a semi-open adoption where both birth parents hold the right to send occasional letters to your child. It's, it's pivotal for you to take the decision for adoption wisely as it can pre- prevent future legal trouble and misunderstanding. So what is this semi-open adoption? It, it's, it's, a, it's called a mediated adoption by some people, and it's a process where the birth mothers or birth parents can interact with the adoptive families without revealing their identity through the media or a third party such as an adoption attorney or an agency. Also the attorney keeps the identity birth as well as the adoptive parents confidential. So your interaction with the other party might be only through letters, photos, cards and non-identifiable emails or an adoption attorney or a professional managed visits. However you need to learn the potential pros and cons of this, you you absolutely have to look at this process. The semi-open adoption, what it does, it minimizes the fear. Semi-open adoption facilitates interaction between the birth mother and adoptive parents uh, both for the birth and after the adoption, and it helps minimize the concerns regarding uh, the, hel- the birth family's intentions. Also, it helps with the health communication and uh, the understanding of the family background, and it can very, very much be helpful. Also, it encourages, uh, it's very encouraging for the uh, um, raising of an adopted child, With a semi-open adoption, you can experience confidence and encouragement to bring up the child appropriately by learning that their birth family has chosen you to take care of them. And also, uh, inquiring and addressing concerns with uh, semi-open adoption. Although you may have less access to the birth parent's adopted kid, semi-open adoption allows you to ask questions and concerns regarding the child. Also, it prevents a sense of abandonment because having potential opportunity to communicate to the birth parents through the, the attorney or whatever source you use, you have access to the child, and that, that is a beautiful thing. Now, here's the downfall of a semi-open adoption. It's a very limited relationship, and uh, it's an absence of genuine and sincere uh, communication between people. Also, it's uh, it's the risk of receiving limited information because th- whoever you're communicating will only give you bits and pieces. They may not give you all of the information you're looking for. And also, there's the the risk of negative perceptions because the adopted child cannot carry out direct communication. They may develop a complex that's, that's wrong or unsafe to communicate with their birth family. And so this is some... Uh, this is some very uh, important information to consider when you're adopting and looking at a child. Now in international adoption, each year thousands, thousands upon thousands of U.S. citizens adopt children from abroad and many families and other companies adopt U.S. children. Inter-country adoption is governed by both laws in which the child lives and the country in which the child is adopted, so under U.S. law. There are two distinct inter country adoption processes. There's one that's called the Hague Convention process and the non uh, Hague Convention process. Which process will you follow will depend on whether or not the country involved is a party to the Hague Convention. The most common countries for international adoption, by the way, is uh, in the United States, is coming from China, uh, Ethiopia, Republic of Korea, the Ukraine. The Democratic Republic of Kondo, Uganda, Nigeria, Colombia, Taiwan, Ghana, India, and Haiti. Those are the most popular countries from the United States adopting into the United States that we go to in the United States for international adoption. Now, we're going to talk about how to build a bond with a child that you adopt. And we're also going to talk about what adoptees want parents to know uh, what adoptees uh, are are picking as partners, why do adopted kids seek biological parents, uh, genetic sexual attraction that that happens in adoption, and also some other issues that take place in the adoption process. So we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to go for the psychological next. We're going to take a quick break.
0: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856. Or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bill could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951 818 7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
1: Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
2: You know, we're talking about adoption, and bonding with adoption. Uh, adopted child can be very tricky. It's a very complex process. Um, you know, the hormone oxytocin, which induces maternal behavior in animals, Helps uh, facilitate the attachment between a mother and a child, but you know home, hormones are only a part of the story. You know attachments take time. There's also uh, birth mothers often have uh, postpartum depression or other mental health problems that can uh, disrupt this process. But bonding with adopted children is very similar. Some parents feel an immediate emotional connection, while others struggle for months and even years uh, trying to get a connection with the child. You know, I um. There's been a lot of research around it and uh, there also is a thing called post-adoption depression where the expectations about the adopted experience aren't met. And these parents often report difficulty bonding with the child. So, you know, disrupted adoptions, while bonding may slow, most adoptions work out. You know, according to uh, the review of American Adoptions uh, book, uh, Clinical and Practical Issues in Adoption. Uh, 80% of the placements make it to legalization after the paperwork is in and the success rate was 98%. But in extreme cases, adoption disrupts and the child is sent back to the agency or to a foster home. So this process is rarely as dramatic as uh, many people would think. But, uh, you know, research, the risk of adoption uh, disruption increases, by the way, uh, in age. From less than one percent in infants to up to twenty-six percent for kids that are about fifteen years old. Uh, so you need to consider that when you're looking at the adoption process. Also, there's very strong drawbacks from orphanages. Uh, you know, uh, especially like in Russia. Um, Romanian orphanages found that kids with uh, institutional uh, rearing had a 53% uh, chance of a psychiatric disorder compared to 22% of kids raised in a home. Uh, So, you know, you've really got to look at the sense when it comes to, you know, getting kids out of institutions, the younger is always the better. You know, a child uh, coming from an institution often feature... uh, Uh, Trauma. They often feature uh, strong discipline. They develop uh, survival behaviors and and these behaviors uh, include aggression and violence and uh, bad, bad, uh, you know, they grew up in a bad environment and they're around other kids and they oftentimes aren't being looked after as strenuously as we would want a child to be looked after. And, you know so if you're going to make an adoption work, the, the key to a successful is the expectation that you have. And uh, you really want to get to know the child's needs. and they have to follow up with the families or with the agencies to try to get as much information about the child as possible. You know, uh, the likelihood that things are going to be bad, you have to make sure you have a plan and you go through that, that if things come up, this is what we're going to do. You don't just jump into an adoption process without thinking it through. So, you know, adoptees, the thing that they want parents to know, the huge thing, is they want their adoptive parents to prepare emotionally and psychologically before they bring them home. That is huge. And, you know. If they prepare, they do not feel like they're going to be abandoned by their parents, and that's huge. The, the oftentimes uh, adoptees want to know that their experience is real. That they want you to know that they uh, that no one can fix it. They know that no one can fix the fact they are adult that they're adopted, but they want it's they want the pa- adopted parents to look at them as real parents and real children and have that bond with them, that they look at them as, as uh, unconditional love and that has a safe place, that relationship is a safe place, a safe harbor for them to validate these kids' feelings, their needs, their wants and they have a compassion for their presence when they're around. That is huge in, in an adopted child's life. Also, they, they need help to make sense of their story. And that's a huge thing because their life story comes from the parents because they may be too young to have developed that. And so it's very important for the parents to help the adopted kid develop a story about their life that makes sense. And, uh, you know, many adoptees also struggle with issues of self-worth, shame, control, identity, and so they, they can acclimate in many, many ways, but it's so important for adoptive parents to uh, you know look at their children as very real and, and spend the time with them and have that empathy and get down to their level and really communicate with them as a loving parent would. Uh, you know, if they feel like they're being treated as an outsider, they pick that up very young and they develop resentments later on, which uh, comes out in anger, uh, uncooperation, basically uh, defiant disorders. And they become curious about the behavior of why uh, you judge them or look at them in that way. And so they they, they develop fear and grief and despair and anger. If they're not looked at as normal children living a normal life with normal parents. So, adoptees need parents to be curious and act as compassionate detectives discovering what's going on or what's needed by these children. They need the parents to be interested in their lives. Also, adoptees need parents. uh, They're in a a reunion, whether they're formally or searched out. They, they, They want to have a reunion, oftentimes with their adopted parents. And so you want to have a dialogue with them. Once you do discuss adoption, you want to have a dialogue with them about that and what that looks like. And, and a formal search, help them with their search, or if they don't want to search at all. I mean, you you have to let them have an opinion about that. And and they have to understand that the, the searching for parents, biological parents, is not a rejection of the adoptive parents. It has nothing to do with it. It's just a personal uh, emptiness that they are looking for. They're looking for... Their story to be complete, and that's very important. Also, adoptees—they want to belong, they want to connect, they want to feel connected, and that's important. It's so important. Like everyone else, they strive to find acceptance. And uh, you know, if they don't feel accepted or biologically related in some way, and they have have very connected parents, they end up uh, getting very agitated, and they develop a lot of rebellious. Uh, uh, qualities that can disrupt uh, both parents' lives and and a family's lives and a a bigger family's life. You know, adoption is very hard, and and these kids know that. They know that it's hard, And, and they know that you're taking a big chance also, but they also know that you're taking a chance willingly, and so you have to continue that process after you adopt. When an infant or a child is separated from their birth parents, it's undeniably a, a traumatic event. And so, obviously, the familiar sights, sounds, sensations are gone, and the infant is placed in a dangerous situation that's unfamiliar to them from what birth is. And so, uh, you know, this can be a very challenging Aspect that parents have to openly be willing to have a very strong dialogue with these children and a very comforting dialogue with these children. Also, they want uh, their adoptive parents to be advocates for them and an advocate lifelong, not just in pockets and pieces, but just as you would for biological children, they want you to be an advocate for their life. And so that is some things that adoptees want parents to know, and I can tell you this because I've talked to many adoptees in the process of counseling, and I can tell you that they all have very strong desires, And uh, once they're adults, to, to, get to, know, to get to know their biologicals. They all have many questions that never get answered, and that disrupts them. So the more dialogue about the adoption, the more open, the more warm the communication is with the adoptive parents, the better they adjust to adult life. Now, here's some problems that adoptees have in picking a partner. You know, uh, the choice is usually unconscious, by the way, when they pick a partner. Um, But what they end up doing is they have patterns that that fall in. And I've noticed this over time, that if if one of your partner's parents abandoned the other, like your partner, uh, we learn from our parents. So there's a history of abandonment in your chosen partner's family of origin. And he or she may be more likely to replicate that, so they look for partners that have had abandonment issues also uh you know some of the issues that come up with adopted relationships is looking at partners that avoid or run from stressful situations. This is going to be a problem. When going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, in this case, get going may mean going out of town fast. That can traumatize an adoptee. So they need to look at if if they're partnering up with somebody who runs from stressful situations. Also, uh, if you're, you're in an on and off relationship as an adoptee, uh, you're, you're going to feel particularly vulnerable, even more vulnerable in a relationship like that. So that is a no-no for a relationship with an adoptee. And and also, if you're with someone that has a history of ending relationships, that is always going to be in the back of the mind of the adoptee if you're going to be in a relationship with someone like that. And so also, uh, someone that threatens to end the relationship, that is very, very scary. If you if your partner, if you're an adoptee and you pick someone that has a history of uh, quitting in school, in jobs, in projects, uh, doesn't finish things, that's not a good partner for you. Once again, you're, you're getting into an abandonment issue and uh, you really have to recognize that this person is not good at attaching. So if you're an adoptee, you already have attachment issues. The secondary thing you want to do is not pick a partner that has attachment issues also. Um, also, you're more at risk if a partner uh, has a tendency to lie because they may not be able to be honest with you about their commitment to the relationship. Also, their partners, uh, people in adopted relationships, adopted meaning they're in a relationship in their adult life, and they pick partner that aren't good for them. If the partner hasn't quite recovered from their last relationship, never a good idea for an adoptee. As, a, as an adult to pick a partner like that, you know, so these are things that uh, we as a do- not we, because I'm not adopted, but people that are adopted really have to look at picking a partner and look at those qualities of people before they pick that life partner. You know, w- we often wonder why do these people, uh, these adoptees seek biological parents? And, uh, you know, it's a pretty common problem and uh, it's normal for them. And you know, many of us have trouble feeling completely comfortable wherever we are, no matter how welcome they may be. These these adopted people, but at times their discomfort can manifest in distancing, indifference, rudeness. They usually don't intend to insult anybody, but they seem to have an internalized nomadic notion. Uh, adoptees do. So even when they settle somewhere, they often work their butts off to prove their worthiness. And, you know, just in case anyone gets any ideas about putting them back for adoption, you know, it's so important for people that are adopted to feel like they can attach. And so the way they attach is developing good, solid relationships. But one of the things is this um, people that are in closed adoptions, uh, adoptees, they have a tendency to feel a loss. They want more history. They want, they have a fear. They want to know more about their, their uh, health. They want to know where their parents came from and where they came from. And so many closed adoptions end up resulting in uh, kids seeking their biological parents. Well, it's only normal. It's only normal to want to seek uh, your biological parents in this life. I mean, you know, you know, it's, it's an attachment that you cannot replace. It's just what it is. and Many people that seek their biological parents are really just looking to get that answered question. They're not looking to build a long-term relationship. They just want to get that unanswered question, who is this person what they're about. The problem is is that oftentimes the adoptees, when they actually meet their adopted parents, they get rejected, that that adoptive parent actually doesn't want to play a role in their life. They're embarrassed about what's happened. They've moved on, and they're not in a place where they can answer their questions. They may have a wife. They may have a children. They may have a husband, and uh, they've kept it secret. And so the secret, sometimes when it creeps up on them, It's devastating for them. So, you know, adoptees need to look at the ramifications of going after their biological parents because they have to consider also their biological parents may not be ready to receive them. So, you know, that's a great big letdown for the adoptee and that itself creates a very traumatic event in their life. So, uh, you know, looking at that biological factor, that's oftentimes something that is discussed in counseling and we go through all the good, the bad and the ugly and what it's all about and where these people came from and how comparing their life in the family that they're adopted in to what they might have had is never a good idea either. And so that struggle is is there because all they had is what they grew up with. And what they grew up with is what they remember and that's what they look at and they start comparing it oftentimes to what their fantasy is to what they would have been like with their biological. So that sometimes is a big struggle. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back to this thing called GSA, Genetic Sexual Attraction. We're also going to go through other adoption issues we're going to uh, talk about adoption don'ts and then we're going to uh, close the show so please tune in for this last segment
0: friend us on facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world voice america empowerment
1: dr gary bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in southern california but he is here to help you no matter where you are Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856. Or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com.
0: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
1: You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about adoption. And uh, this is a really interesting uh, complex issue that is not very, very common, but it is common. It's but it's not like big statistics. But this is thing called genetic sexual attraction. And uh, it was first identified by uh, Barbara Gagno in the 80s. She wrote a book, I'm his mother, but he's not my son. And uh Basically, what it is is when family members who are strangers finally meet as adults, the brain struggles to associate each other as family. And instead, they become captivated by one another. And so the parent and child uh, go through a very complex bonding process from the beginning of life to the first six years. And then they go through phases in the teen years, they separate. And that whole process goes dormant until they reunite as adults. So it's almost like it awakens. Uh, back the recognition in that other person as a mirror of yourself, and so uh, it's kind of like falling in love. And so, what happens is adult siblings and and uh, adult uh, adults that adopted their children out, oftentimes when they bond with each other back ad- later in life, form an attraction for each other, and that can either be a sexual attraction or an intimate attraction of some kind. But it's an attraction, and it could be mistaken for sexual attraction. Adopted children of, uh, that are, are uh, brothers and sisters sometimes will form a, a bond, a sexual bond with each other. And that's what this genetic sexual attraction is. And they don't quite understand it, but it, it has to do with the fact that they, they're related. And even though they know they're related, they know that it's taboo. They have a sense of attraction. You know, kids that meet their adopted parents, especially if they're single, sometimes find an attraction for their adopted parent and yes we all look at that as sick but you have to realize they don't look at this person as family they look at them as a person and it's but yet they have this underlying bond with them so this is what genetic sexual attraction is it's out there it is an adopted issue and it's also something that has to be discussed when someone's trying to recreate a relationship with a biological uh, family member after adoption Okay, now there's other adoption issues, and, and these are hurdles. So, um, you know, basically, uh, missing information is the biggest one. Uh, difficult information to hear. Um, as a parent, the, the, you know, uh, if a parent was uh, abused or neglected or, or died or had a mental illness or they were in prison and they give away the child, this, this adopted uh, children sometimes don't care But sometimes this information is very important for them to get and and so this is one of the challenges of when you're adopting a child that they may go after missing or difficult information and the real challenge is should you dig it up or should you not dig it up. And so uh, by the time they're in adolescent, they want to know all the pieces about their adoption. And so trying to find that information may not be a bad idea for an adoptive parent to try to look up and try to find it. You know, many adopted teens struggle with feeling very different. You know, the worst thing that an adolescent can experience is feeling different from their peers but you know at no other time in life do people want to fit in or be a part of a group as they do when they're teenagers so being adopted creates many feelings of being different for kids that are adopted and so the delicacy that adoptive parents and, and the time and the energy and the love cannot stop when the child is self-sufficient. They're actually at their most weakest at their teen years because they are not oblivious to the fact that they're adopted. And that is when strong attachments need to take place socially. So parents need to be very sensitive to this particular issue uh, when they are adopting. Also, the special needs of adopted children. Um, you know, many times, uh, the need to be taught that adoption is wonderful and also painful can be present but it's a lifelong challenge and the need to know their adopted story like I said earlier their birth story and about the birth family can be very important. So children need to be prepared for some hurtful things that other children may say about adopted children being an adoptee. Uh, Children also need to be validated that adoption involves loss and grief. You know, uh, children need to be assured that their parent, birth parents' decision to let them go was not about the child, but it was about the parents. And th- these children need permission to express all of their feelings around it. They need to deal with their feelings of rejection and learn the absence doesn't mean abandonment. Also, adopted children need parents who are able to meet their own emotional needs so that the children can grow up in healthy, with healthy role models. They need their parents' who are able to face the special needs that adopted children and teens have, and they need to hear their parents openly discuss their own feelings about the adoption. That is huge, and and I know uh, it's something that a lot of adopted parents avoid. It's also critical for adoptees to be able to grieve their losses so that they can learn to receive and give love to others, which often begins in their adopted parents. Also, the grief For these children include feelings of sorrow, ache, sadness, anguish, despair, yearning. And these are very complex emotions. So often adopted parents avoid thinking about the adopted child's grief and pain is too great to bear. And they think these children may feel these overwhelming feelings, but they don't know how to deal with it. So seek a professional to try to help validate them. Because these complex uh, feelings, sorrow, ache, sadness, anguish, emptiness, despair, yearning, these are very normal for adopted children and they have to have an, an environment to process it. If they happen to have great adopted parents who recognize these feelings, know how to process these feelings, that's even better for them. Also we have to take grief as normal and naturally natural response uh, for adopted children and it involves a lot of loss. There's a loss of the birth parents, a loss of their biological offspring, the dream of what they could have had. Um, you know, the adopted parents may experience a loss of not giving birth to a biological child. So that's something they have to consider. And the child whose face will never resemble their own. You know, the loss of an adopted child is a loss of birth parents and the earliest experience of belonging and acceptance. Many adopted children are unfamiliar with the idea that someone out there actually looks like them and it's not their parents. That's a very strange concept for them. Also, um... Adoption issues for adolescents is huge. And one of the adolescents, um, uh, 2% of the population, by the way, in the United States, is adopted. Uh, you know, adopted uh, younger children uh, than adults. Have a much higher uh, psychological uh, rating of going to therapy if they're in their teens or in their early teens. They often are seen in therapy a little bit more. There's also uh, school problems that are happen in the teenage years. These are big for teenage uh, kids that um, are adopted. There's also runaway behavior and common reasons. Uh, for for this is the fact that they haven't attached very well or they're all of a sudden looking back on their life and trying to wonder what's missing and so they focus on that rather than going through their normal teenage years so if you have a child that has been adopted and uh, they know about it don't be surprised if uh, they come into adolescent years with some problems wanting to run away and some school problems they get a little bit distracted Um, Also, these are very common problems for kids that are adopted in their teenage years. Now, uh, what we also want to look at is uh, there's types of families that do adoption and that many people work with. Uh, There is a blind adopt family. These parents' communication is about the adoption has been simply wonderful for their family. They can't imagine that any problems we're having to do with adoption there are no differences in the way we raise our children that they're so much like most people and they have no idea that their child is adopted and so many people uh, that adopt have what are called blind they just the child is part of their family that's who they are there's also the balanced uh, families and these families uh, can bring open uh, discussion and honesty compatibility issues Uh, repair uh, uh, whenever there's compatibility issues in the family they sit down and talk it through and so they keep a balance and uh, also they may uh, have racial identity problems in this family those things are balanced they begin to develop a multiracial family and so that is a balanced family through adoption that many families have to struggle with but they come to terms with it and they developed what's called a balance Open discussions about fantasies of birth parents as happens in a balanced uh, adopted family. Wishes to search for these people. Even the limitations on perceived compatibility between the child and the parents is openly explored without any sense of danger to the basic bond between the family members. So that's that's a good relationship a family to strive to be if you're going to be in an adopted family. Also, there's these blaming families. These parents have a very narrow range of perceived compatibility, they often exaggerate the importance of the adopted status of their child. These people oftentimes had very strange expectations of what adoption would be like and what their child would be like, the loyalty that they would get from their adopted child. And so unfortunately, they blame the child for their problems and they blame the child for not fitting in. And uh, so these people can be very destructive families Uh, in adoption, and I would hopefully encourage if you're that kind of people, don't adopt. So here's some adoption don'ts. Huge, 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 huge problem. Please don't tell everyone your kid's backstory. The circumstances that led your child to being adopted are part of their story. It's not your story to tell, and you are no better than the town gossip if you insist on talking about it with everyone who asks. You know, while we live in a culture that encourages sharing, it's really nobody's business that your daughter's mother was an unwed 16-year-old in Wisconsin or that your uh, Chinese child's mother left her in a hotel restaurant frequented by American tourists. I mean, that is not something that you want to be telling people. You know, there's a lot of uh, oversharing out there when people adopt. Keep the story to the child. It's the child's story. Let them have it. Let them have the story. Here's another adoption don't denying that you are selfish or pretend you are selfless. You know people are selfish, or and people aren't also selfless. But uh, if you are going to deny that you are either of that, uh, what what you're really saying is that you must be a generous soul to rescue poor little orphans. That's not what you want to do. This is not the life you want to set up for a child. You know you want them to feel loved you don't want to feel that get due to the adoptive process so everybody will go wow look what you did you're so wonderful you rescued those poor children there's another adoption don't is act acting like you didn't have parents before you you know uh my children you know my children are very natural that you know they love their parents and that's a great thing but they uh to act like your children, uh, adopted children, never had parents before you is uh, not a good idea. It's just not a good idea because it's, it's a dark hole in every adopted kid's heart that needs to be filled with something great. And so the deal is, is you know, you want to tell them honestly about their birth families and not make it a sad story. Uh, you don't want to speculate, tell them lies to, that are going to make them feel better. You know, that's, it's a really bad problem. You also want to expect, you know, ex- you don't want to expect gratitude or appreciation that they, uh, th- that you adopted these children. That's a huge thing. You know, that they do not want to feel less than you. And that's what that kind of communication does. And oftentimes people that adopt will expect appreciation and w- they'll throw that adoption in the adopted child's face. That's a, such a sad thing also i i can't tell you how many adoptees have been damaged by uh saying you were meant to be their parent that's not a thing you would tell an adopted child i was meant to be your parent you were not meant to be their parent you chose to be their parent and so that's a huge thing don't not tell an adopted child something like that also um also, feeling, uh, thinking of your child as an adopted child is a big problem in adoption. A lot of adopted parents have a issue uh, by looking at their child as adopted, by discussing the fact that they're adopted, by making that the first thing they tell other people about their child, that their child's adopted. And that's not a good thing to do. You know, they're your child, period. You know, every kid, no matter how they arrived in your family, is your child. Adopted children deserve to have... Um, That adjective dropped, adopted, drop it. A few of them may have issues that are directly connected to the fact they're adopted, but most won't unless you keep communicating to them and about them as your adopted child. You know, and also a big, big frailty that a lot of people have out there when they do adoptions is they think of adoption as a return policy. And so when they raise these kids, um, it, it's the hardest job you're ever going to have, by the way, to be an adopted parent or to be a parent, period, is, is one of the hardest things they'll ever do. But uh, talking to them as if you're going to return them or threatening them with returning them is going to break these, these kids when they're adults. It creates enormous attachment problems with them. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's just huge. And when they're parents... Uh, it's going to be traumatic for them because they're going to think that they're going to give refunds on their own children. So doing that kind of communication is not a healthy thing uh, for kids that are adopted. Okay, that's our show. Our next show is Ending Codependency. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback. drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Uh. Now, you want to remember that some people just need a high five in the face with a chair. (laughs) Especially these people that adopt kids and do these don't things that I just talked about. And also, people don't have dirty minds. They have sexy imaginations. That's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening.
1: That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.